Hi, Gabby. Hi, Steve. So, I'm very happy to have with me today Gabby of Go Natural English because very often we talk about learning languages other than English. Although English, of course, is the language that is the most widely studied in the world. And in fact, many of my viewers, I know many of you out there, that you like to listen to me speak English. You can even import from YouTube, study it on link if you want. And uh, it's just content for learning English. But I want to, because Gabby, in fact, I'll, first I'll let Gabby introduce herself and then I have some questions. Perfect. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I love your channel. I love how you help people to learn all languages. And yes, Go Natural English is to help people learn English specifically, although we talk about language learning in general as well. So Go Natural English is a YouTube channel and a website and a premium course that I started in 2011, so several years ago when I was teaching English in Japan in an American corporation in Japan, uh, just after I'd finished my master's in, in TESOL. And um, it came out of my desire to help my students learn more. They were having some problems learning from old textbooks and kind of old uh, teaching methods. And I wanted to help them more with the conversational English that they want and, and, and need for work. Mm -hmm. And you have quite a large number of subscribers, I believe. Oh, yes, almost two million. Wow. Almost. So wow. if you want to come over and subscribe and help us get there, that would be Please great. do so. We will leave a link in the description box. And Thank you, so uh, you much. may be aware that I like having these discussions with these language entrepreneurs who are helping people, you know, uh, via the internet to learn languages in ways that are different from the more traditional ways of, of learning languages. So English. Now, you know, people learning other languages, typically they're attracted by the culture, you know, Korean drama or, you know, they want to travel to South America or Italy or, you know, Japan or anime. But English is more like it's a need, like people need English. They have to have English if they want to go to school in North America or England or something or they for their job. Uh, so, so what are some of the problems? If you were to try to identify problems, not so much with the language, we'll get into that later, but as people learning English, what are the obstacles that they face? Yeah, I think because it is seen as such a necessary task, English learning feels like something you have to do whether you want to or not and it loses some of its um some of its allure it loses some of that um you know you feel like you have to do something and then you don't want to do it um it's it's a problem because you know i i think this comes from when we were forced to learn english maybe in high school or college or maybe now if you want to uh, advance in your career you feel like you have to do this and you go to a class and they use kind of old teaching methods where you're expected to be perfect and listen to lectures and not get to speak very much. And then when you do speak, you make a mistake and your teacher says, bad, mistakes are bad. And you, you're left feeling like frustrated, you know, like this is not fun. This is not something I want to do, but I have to do it. It's, it's, it's not fun anymore. And, and that's, I think, a big problem in English learning in general, maybe language learning, maybe for other languages as well. I mean, I remember when I was learning Spanish in uh, college 
And I felt similar that, that I couldn't make a mistake. I couldn't try new vocabulary words to see how they might work in conversation because my teacher might say, well, that's, that's not right. And I encourage English learners and language learners to make more mistakes because that's how we learn. But to answer your question, I think it's a, a kind of a, a challenge or a problem that we're starting from this mindset of, oh, English is something I have to do and don't really want to. And where's our motivation then? Our, our motivation is lacking in that situation. You know, it's a bit like uh, if I think of school children in, in Canada who have to learn French and they don't really need the French to communicate. So if you live in Japan, you don't really need the English that much. Even though your employer wants you to have a score on TOEIC or whatever. Mm -hmm. So why am I learning this? I don't. There's no one around me that speaks English. Uh, why do I have to learn it? Like, how do you overcome that? Like most people learning English don't live. If we, if we exclude the sort of immigrants in North America, most, most uh, English learners don't need it on a daily basis and they don't have an opportunity to use it on a daily basis. They might be in Brazil, they might be in, uh, you know, Russia or somewhere, China, Korea. How, how do you overcome that? It's, it's very frustrating because you don't need it on a daily basis and you don't hear it on a daily basis. But when you do need it, like in a business meeting or an interview, it's really important and it's so high pressure. Um, so how do you overcome that? So a lot of it is mindset because we've developed kind of a negative mindset around English that mistakes are bad and I'll never be good at English. Um, I can't speak English, this kind of mindset. A lot of English learners start a conversation saying, hi, my name is Gabby and my English is very poor, for yeah. example. And you know, this is a very negative way to think about your skills, to think about English. And so the number one step, even though it may seem kind of silly, but the number one step is to break that mindset and decide I can speak English. I will be a fluent English speaker. And yes, I'm deciding right now that this is my identity. I am an English speaker. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't speak perfect English, but we don't need to tell people that. And we also don't need to focus on that. Instead, we can think, ah, every day I'm improving a little bit. And that is how we start with a positive mindset. Of course, now after we change our, our mindset and start thinking more positively, then we can talk more about language acquisition. But the first step, so important and often overlooked, is your mindset and deciding, yes, I can speak English. You know, and I think listening comprehension is, is extremely important, obviously. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I should point out that I watched some of your videos and you speak very, very clearly. And uh, I try to speak clearly here. Obviously, not every native speaker speaks clearly. And right. eventually we have to get used to understanding people who don't speak so clearly. But while people are, are learning, it's an advantage to be able to access, you know, the language spoken clearly. It doesn't have to be spoken slowly, but it should be <laughs> yes. at least spoken clearly. So I think that's mm -hmm. a big plus uh, at your channel. You do speak very, you speak at a normal speed, but you speak very, very Thank clearly. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people ask me in the comments, are you speaking slowly? Is this normal? So I'm speaking clearly. I'm speaking in a professional way that I might make a presentation in. No, I'm not speaking in a super fast way I might with someone I'm very close to, like mm -hmm. when I'm hanging out with my friends and joking around. Um, but yeah, it is normal. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Uh, so 
and uh, before we go to the sort of specific difficulties of the English language, and they are many, starting with the spelling, yeah. but yes. uh, are there any particular tips? Okay, have a positive attitude, mm -hmm. uh, believe you can do it. These are things that I say quite often and I totally agree with. It's, it's amazing how the brain, you know, our emotional state can influence our success. But are there specific tricks or tips that you like to give your English learners? Yes, yeah, so I have a five-step process. The first step is to decide that you can, the mindset. And then the second is to make sure you're getting a lot of input, meaning you are consuming English, you're listening to English, you're watching shows with English, maybe you're watching this interview in English, uh, for example. It could be a number of different things, but make sure that you have input and it should be at an appropriate level. So if you're an intermediate English learner, it's fine to start listening to native speaker content. Um, after listening, okay, we want to copy what we're hearing and use it. So practice and really do this as fast, as soon as you can. So not necessarily quickly, speaking quickly, but as soon as you start listening to more English, start saying what you're hearing out loud. It's called shadowing. So you can select a phrase that you like and start repeating that to yourself. You don't need to have another person in front of you to start speaking. You can just talk to yourself. So practice. Okay, so we have the mindset, we have the input, we have practice. The fourth step is it is important to get feedback on your English. This could be talking to someone else and seeing if they understand you. And you know, if you see this uh, glazed over look in their eyes, like I have no idea what you're saying, well, okay, then you go from there. It could be, um, you know, even talking to something electronic like uh, Siri or Google Voice or, or something, um, you know, see if it understands you in English. It could be working with a teacher or a tutor and getting feedback and corrections. That is really important to see where you're making mistakes. Ah, I will mention also, you could record yourself. I get really excited about this, this, um, this step. You know, there's a lot of ways to get feedback, listening to yourself on your recording. The fifth step is repeat all of the previous steps. So it's important with your mindset. Every day, remind yourself, I can do this. It's not something you just do once. It's really important to continue and repeat this whole process. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you too about hearing yourself because I think a lot of our mistakes, we find them ourselves. We, In a way, we don't yeah. need to have them pointed out. If we listen to ourselves, um, we'll see where we make mistakes. Every time I make a video in another language and I watch that video, I see my mistakes. Not that I will it's then awful, correct isn't them, it? unfortunately. I'm condemned to make that same mistake a few more times before I manage to avoid it. Okay, let's talk a bit about English. What are the, the big mm. problems? What, you know, if people come to you and say, look, I'm having trouble with this aspect of English or that aspect of English, is there a sort of a list of the most common problems people have with English? Yeah, I get a lot of the same questions over and over. So one that's really interesting is about the TH sound in English, mm -hmm. which, um, which, you know, I thought it was uh, just in English, but I guess it's in some other languages, but you have two TH sounds, the th and the th, and um, a, lot of, a lot of English learners ask me about how to make this sound, or they say it's very difficult to make this sound, but it's interesting that this is a question I get asked a lot because it's not necessarily super important to make this sound perfectly mm -hmm. in order to be understood. 
So it's kind of a nice thing to have in your toolbox mm -hmm. to sound more like a native speaker, but it's not the most important thing. Another question I get asked a lot is, how can I make longer sentences, more complex sentences? And I guess we're thinking, okay, this means I'm more advanced if I can make long sentences, but it's again, not necessarily a good thing because sometimes when you have these long, drawn out, run on sentences, it's not clear at all what you're saying, right? It's kind of funny. It's not necessarily better communication to make a longer sentence. Yeah, no, that's, those are both excellent. And it's, it's because writing is a great way to start outputting and mm -hmm. it's obviously easier to make shorter sentences. And I think people tend to overuse the sort of and or whatever connector and they end up with a great long sentence and they'd be better off each little thought, stop, start in the sentence, stop. It's, it's better uh, from every, from every uh, you know, point of view. Um, yeah, so that's good. So um, yeah, English is a little different from learning these other languages because it's perceived as more of a necessity rather than a romantic adventure. Uh, and uh, you're there to help people, so uh, we're leaving a link in the description box. This discussion too, I think we'll make it available as a lesson, that link, or at, if not, people can go to YouTube and with the browser extension we have, you can bring that in as a lesson in link. And uh, certainly Gabby speaks very clearly. I like to think I speak clearly, so it could be a good place for people to practice their listening comprehension. So thank you very much, Gabby, and congratulations on getting close to 2 million uh, subscribers. Uh, it might take me a while to get there, but uh, that's a great achievement. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you.